0: Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live, and tonight we have a very special guest. Ashley Bell is with us. Ashley, how are you doing?
1: Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, it is my pleasure. Thank you for being here with us. And let's just get started right away. Uh, You had a movie come out this year, Witch Hunt. Uh, First of all, how recently did that come out?
1: You know, it's actually out today.
0: (laughs) Premiere day. Awesome. Yes. today okay. is
1: game Today's game day for, for Whitton. Yeah, and honestly, there's like no other place. I would love to be spending October 1st, so thank you so much for having me. No,
0: thank you for doing this. This is totally awesome, and the timing worked out great. I saw on your Instagram, yeah. uh, I saw the trailer previously, but I saw that you posted it on your Instagram. The film was written and directed by L. Callahan. Yes, uh, And it stars Elizabeth Mitchell. I'm a big fan of Elizabeth Mitchell's uh, work. I think she's great. Uh, what were She's you, wonderful. What I, were I you? had
1: my scenes with her. She was incredible. Uh, yeah.
0: She's just such a fantastic actress. Yeah. Now, when you got this script, what did you think of the concept of modern-day America dealing with a 17th-century issue and how it was handled?
1: That's what got me. I mean, from reading the script, I said, oh, my God, I have to be a part of this. And I'm so flattered that they reached out. I mean, I think Elle is not only a brilliant writer, she ran an incredible set. And the film is really spooky and yet deals with witches with kind of this like a sub, you know, this political subcurrent. Um, it, It was in South by Southwest both years because... In twenty twenty they canceled South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. So in twenty twenty-one, they actually brought the film back to like re you know, give it its official premiere, which didn't happen with everything.
0: That's awesome.
1: Because I think it makes such a cool statement on the current affairs of things. And it uses horror. Elle uses horror to just innovate in that way. You know, horror audiences are so smart. They're constantly looking for that that new take on things. And um this was real a really cool project to be a part of.
0: So, um, for our yeah. audience that wants to know where to find it, where yes. is it available?
1: Yeah, it's available in select theaters, uh, on Apple TV and video on demand.
0: Awesome! So people Starting can go today. To, So people yes. <laughs> can go to Amazon Prime or Vudu and buy or rent it.
1: I believe I believe so. Yeah, I believe it's where wherever you you can normally, you know, buy movies on demand, it's it's right there.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh so basically, do you like the spin that they took of basically the modern day world and incorporating 17th century punishment where witch where witches are real? And witchcraft is outlawed, and yeah, granted, you're not burnt at the stake. I assume I haven't watched the movie yet.
1: <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Um, somebody had to sit through four hours of makeup, so there might be some burnings taking place. Nice. <laughs>
0: <I don't... laughs> nice.
1: Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I love it. That's what, that's what stuck out for me was using. Using the genre and then and then playing up something that's happening in present day, but with that, you know, making a, a message out of it and using actual witchcraft as the focus point. It's very interesting.
0: I know, the, um, and the, yeah, and the trailer yeah. looks really, really good.
1: Everybody's so good at it. I mean, is such a good director. Everybody was, you know, I, I was only on, on set briefly and everybody was such a joy to work with it, work with, and the performances are just, are just so, so extraordinary that, you know, when you sit down, you can feel like it's going to be a good movie and then the spooks start coming and it's like, oh, this is a perfect October, Friday night.
0: Well, for, I know exactly how to, To, um... do,
1: to do a shameless plug. <laughs>
0: Well, I know how I'm spending my night after the show tonight. I'm going to definitely uh, watch it. Now, as I mentioned, I'm a big fan of Elizabeth. Uh, Did you have scenes with her? What was it like working with her?
1: I did. I did have scenes with her. She's great. She's so natural. And just the way, you know, watching her work on set, um, she just has such an energy that kind of, calms everybody and gets her onto her page. Mm-hmm. In that way and there's just a level, you know, when it when it starts from the top like that and there's just that level of control and just truth in a scene, it just it emanates so quickly into the other performances. So it was really it was really a joy to be on set with her and, and share a scene. Yeah. Now,
0: what, what would you say for the people that are going to watch this film? Is there like a social commentary in there on the state of the modern world that we can all take away from this?
1: There totally is. There totally is. There's a very strong uh, social commentary. And I love that. I mean, I think why not have art if you can't push the boundaries like that? And I always... Have felt horror is is an, is kind of the more experimental of the genres where you can really get out there and why not push that limit mm-hmm. with horror? You know, horror thriller or you know, play with those, um, play with that medium.
0: Exactly. Now yeah. you have a very extensive horror resume. <laughs> uh, are you uh, are you a fan of the genre? Did horror come find you or did you seek out horror?
1: Well, so I, okay, so I am a fan of the genre. I mean, my summers, I'm born and raised in LA, were spent, like, weekends were spent walking down to Blockbuster, like, or my dad would walk, I would be on my scooter, and we would just raid the horror aisle and watch, like, The Gremlins and Pumpkinhead and, you know, Creature from the Black Lagoon and just, just everything. The Exorcist when I was like eight, that was a bad idea. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of awakeness happened after that. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, that, that, um, I always loved it. I, I loved, I mean, I love Pumpkinhead. I love Jaws. I love the suspense um, and the thrill of it, the thrill you get, you know, yes, when you're sitting alone you know, as we all have had to do in COVID, but in a movie theater where you're collectively there and you collectively go on this ride. Um, I, I studied, you know, when I prepare, when I was like studying to become an actor, I went to NYU and my mom actually founded the Groundlings in LA. So a lot of my training has been theater and comedy, but improv, you know, Mm -hmm. which improv is listening. It can be used in anything. And, um, when the last exorcism came along, they were looking for a newcomer that people didn't recognize, so they could get away with this found footage film that there would be no preconceived, you know, notions of who that actress was. Yeah. Um. And uh, I'm just so so happy. I I was in L. A. at that moment. My agents got me that audition, and 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 the rest was fate.
0: And we're gonna yeah. get into the last exorcism yes, a lot more yes, yes, in yes. a little bit. Uh, so you studied at NYU Tisch, uh, yes. how um, like critical was that to your career? Would you say walking away from, a, a, a theater background and getting training at NYU Tisch?
1: I, I would say it's, it was pretty, it's pretty pivotal. I mean, you know, growing up in LA, I did, I did do like a lot of commercials in print as a kid, you know, and my parents are in the business and they were like, look, if you, if you want to do this, you need to have longevity. You need to know where you come from mm-hmm. and, and the greats and, and how do you sustain a career beyond whatever the initial flash in the pan is or how to make something work if you're in between jobs, which is like death. Um, you know, uh, so going to NYU was everything because it gave me a full appreciation for everybody on stage or in a film. You know, everybody down to looking at wardrobe why those wardrobe choices you know set why why that rug, why that television set, you know lighting direction it gives you gave me a, a 360 degree appreciation and um, and then I mean at NYU you got like uh, student tickets at night so you could go to, to studio during the day from like nine to six and then take the subway up to Times Square and see Broadway shows for twenty dollars and be like, oh, that's what it's supposed to look like, and then go and try harder the next day.
0: <laughs> you see, I I didn't ah. go to, I didn't go to NYU, but I'm from New York City, and my Thought playground was right. Greenwich Village, Washington Square Park. Yeah. So yeah. you know I, you know maybe one day NYU will make me an honorary, uh, you know, because I grew up there. That was my playground. That was where I hung out. Do you oh. remember your? Because let's I mean NYU Tish yeah. is. The number one school, I guess, when it comes to film, acting and whatnot, do you remember your reaction when you got your acceptance letter?
1: Oh, God, it was it actually came upside down. They invited me. I got an invitation to like (laughs) uh, an event in L.A. for people that had gotten in, but I didn't get the full acceptance letter. And that was like on a Friday. Uh So I sat through the whole weekend as this just like nervous, neurotic 17 year old being like, but did I get in? (laughs) Um, and then I just was so, I just was so excited. If I wasn't, if I didn't get into NYU, I would have just moved to New York and, and gotten in an acting studio like HB or Stella Adler, Strasburg, um, just, just an, an, an acting studio in New York and had, and had committed it, committed to the, to, to your conservatory program. Um, because New York always, I remember going there as, as a teenager and and just looking up and I was like, how incredible is it to be in a city where you look up that pushes you to look up and strive and aspire to, to be something, you know? And I, Yes, that's a very seventeen year old thought, but I, I, I still I mean that that's that's city carves you, you know, exactly. and
0: exactly. So exactly. Now so great. when uh, you were wanted when you were getting your training, what were your aspirations at that point? Was it theater? Did you know you did not want to do theater? Was it just film? What were you looking to do when you were in college?
1: Yeah, I, I was looking to move back to LA and do film. Or, or TV or honestly commercials. <laughs> it really was to just be a working actor. Um, and even right when I moved back to LA, I was doing theater in LA to just stay loose and keep working on my craft. Um, yeah, it was it was all the all the above.
0: And, yeah. you're, and you're so blessed to actually get what you wanted and oh. to be in films and that's amazing. Now in 2020 there was another yep. movie that you were in, uh, starred in, The Voices. Uh, yes. Not very much is known. Uh, I know it's out. It's been out for a year. Tell us what The Voices is about.
1: The Voices is about. Um, I'm. And I'm not starring in that one. Um, I. It, well, it's you, about.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm, okay.
1: I'm, so, excuse me, because um, I'm, oh my God, this is terrible. I'm blanking on the lead actress because she did such an incredible job. Um, hey, it's about a woman. That.
0: I'll get that yeah. for you.
1: Okay, thank you. But go it's on, about, go on. Yes, yeah, so So I play. Um,
0: Jordan Ladd. I mean, you're yeah. listed as top billing. Ashley Bell, Jordan Ladd, and Leslie Esterbrook.
1: Well, awesome. That's okay. Well, um, so, so the, the film is about, a, a, a the young girl who plays my daughter. Um, we get in a car accident and she loses her sight and she begins to be haunted as she, you know, grows and develops. She begins to be haunted by these creatures and ghosts and she has to confront all of her fears and confront these hauntings. um, And that's
0: what the film's about. Awesome. Because the actual synopsis is very short. It says, don't believe everything you hear. And that's very tantalizing right there. Now, going back, uh, you know, a lot of people, like you said, when you did The Last Exorcism, uh, you were a newcomer. And here you're handed this lead role. Uh, What were your feelings? Anxiety, fear uh what were you feeling being handed a lead role to the last exorcism I mean, back in 2010
1: i i know i um there i just i wanted it so badly <laughs> and um i i think what made the fears go away was in the callback meeting the director daniel stam And from the moment of getting it, he was so hands-on with preparation. Mm -hmm. He was so hands-on with research and ideas. And um, I'd gotten all these books on exorcisms and actual accounts and listened to tapes, interviewed people, began going to Baptist churches. (laughs) I really went, I I mean, I, I love doing that stuff. That's that's for me, if I, there was a month of preparation time that I had to kind of explore this and rolling up my sleeves in that sense. Um, and being in, you know, being in kind of this, like communication with him, it allowed me to focus on the work and less on the nerves. Um, and that also that it was kind of divided between these two characters to prepare, like number one, preparing Nell, who was a teenager And then, you know, subtracting from her, figuring out what of my life would get, you know, coming from like L.A. and New York, like subtracting all that, Mm -hmm. pulling all that out from her was so much fun. And then, on the other hand, preparing Avalon and just letting him or her, (laughs) I always felt like it was a him, but whatever. Um, The demon. (laughs) The demon um, do um, whatever he wanted, whatever... Abelam wanted to do yeah exactly. <laughs> so uh. yeah I, I had my my hands full yeah and and also that starts again from the top like daniel run it ran a such a great set and then all the producers um on board like eli roth and eric newman mark abraham brie neiman they were such conscientious they had done major studio films and this was like their first very low budget found footage film, which was like an experiment, Yeah. you know, but they ran the, the, the set, the behind the scenes with that care and that involvement. So it was really, it really was a perfect situation down the line.
0: Yeah. Yeah, We're we're going to get, we're going to get more because uh, Patrick Fabian, was your co-star. And I want to get more into him. But before that, in 2013, you did three Walking Dead webisodes. And a lot of people don't know that. Uh, Those webisodes, as the years went on, there are several Mm -hmm. of them have become really popular. Uh, What was it like getting that little taste of the Walking Dead universe?
1: This, I mean, I don't mean to sound like such a Pollyanna, but it, it really it really was amazing because Greg Nicotero directed that those webisodes, and the the oath, the one I was in, written by Luke Passmore, who also wrote the day that I did. Um, he's such an incredible writer. This explains the mythology behind the big doors
0: that mm-hmm. you
1: see that they you know keep out, don't enter, and I mean, like. How can, like, oh, my God, working with Greg, like, Greg broke my fingers as Nell in The Last Exorcism. In The Walking Dead, Greg, like, pulled my teeth out and, like, turned me into a zombie. So, it, yeah, it's, it's The Walking Dead. So, you kind of are like, oh, my God, I got to bring it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's really fun to fall into because you get to, like, when I got turned, they added these cheekbones and they whited out my eyes and they made like teeth molds and that's all that fun movie magic stuff
0: yeah and greg loves doing the make i mean he's amazing at it. he's amazing at directing and the makeup he really puts his heart and soul into everything he does exactly Uh,
1: exactly yeah yeah now
0: the last exorcism is not an underrated movie it has gotten a lot of claim. But it is such an amazing movie that, for me, it's still not highly regarded as I would like it to be. Do you agree oh. with that, or do you think it got the proper uh, recognition?
1: I mean, I I do um, I do like the film when it you know when it came out like we got you know that opening weekend. I got a call on Saturday morning and they're like, it's my first movie, you know, and they're like, Hey, pack your bags. You're going to London tonight at five. We wanted to make sure like, you know, and there were, it was on the fence, but if it hit like the one or two position on Friday night, they were going to send us and yeah. they did like, you know, and then, um, and then it was incredible because like, not only did it hit, you know, um, just like a popular Uh, like world of just like MTV movie award nomination and, and people's choice nomination. But like the film got nominated for a spirit award and I got nominated for an independent, for, for a, uh, supporting actress Mm -hmm. for a spirit award. And that's, you know, uh, that was an an incredible way to start. And and what, I mean, what an honor. So yeah, I, I feel like it, I feel like it had a fabulous life. <laughs> no,
0: no, it did. And like I said, I, I mean, yeah. it got a lot of recognition, but it's just yeah. such a, a, a great movie. It pioneered so many things. Uh, Nell, your character, was such a fascinating character. And, um, of course, and that amazing plot twist ending. What did you think of that ending when you read it? And don't worry, the ex- the spoiler expiration yes. is well passed.
1: Yes. yes, right. I mean, giving birth to a demon baby and being used by my brother like you can't like it's the it's the perfect like Rosemary's Baby twist, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know. I just come out of theater school. I was like two years out of theater school, and I was like, great, let's do this. <laughs> it was just like. I just was so game, you know, um,
0: what did you think of the whole way they shot it in the found footage format?
1: That was so exciting because you could, um, you could, there was a whole other life that happened when you looked at the camera, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was such a, from just from my character's point of view, uh, it was so much fun because it was another way to manipulate the whole situation. Um, you know, and then D- Daniel finding moments of when to pin that camera intentionally was just like so much fun. Cause you know, it, uh, yeah, you, can, you know, to not like pin the lens on screen yeah. and just you get free reign to do it. It's like, It was very fun because it was like all rules were broken. Um, As an actress,
0: did they give you a lot of leeway as to how to portray? Now,
1: totally, yeah, Uh, totally, totally. But I feel that you know there was a callback, there was an audition, and then a callback, and um, and then just you know I fell into that groove quickly and just kind of stayed in that, just heightened and explored that working with the director so mm-hmm. I, I was never kind of left to my own d- devices you yeah. know what I mean yeah. but yeah there, there was a lot of there was a lot of improv on set and a lot of changing things up a lot of finding new words finding new surprise elements and moments um,
0: so now that, is that they were
1: mm-hmm. this
0: young adult woman, woman yeah. but you portrayed her as a girl who could has the emotional age of maybe 11, 12, 13. Is that what the script called for, or was that some of your doing as well?
1: I think, um, I'm pretty sure that was the breakdown. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, she was around, like, 15, 16-ish in the Mm -hmm. breakdown. I played her, I was, like, 21 when I played her, and, um they asked like in the first callback or the first audition to come in with like absolutely no makeup and had to have been very, you know, be, be ready for improv to do the first audition was like a lot of improv and be ready to kind of come from that backwoods life. And, you know, working with a father and working with like, um, a family situation where things had definitely been broken and she was, her world kind of got even smaller. Yeah. So, um, yeah.
0: So, you know, yeah. Patrick Fabian, your co-star, oh. he's great. He's another one of my favorite actors. Did you find working with him really helpful? Was he helpful? What was it like working with Patrick?
1: Patrick was, I mean, Patrick was great. Patrick was great. I first saw him work in the... Um, oh, my God, no, we went to we met before going to louisiana and we went to we went to a baptist church in the valley one sunday morning together to bond and then we, we usually went off to Dorlands. um but my I, my first scene i saw him do was one of was one of his preaching scenes mm-hmm. and he just was incredible you i mean he get it. on He could get on a roll and just go, 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 go. It was, I mean, talk about perfect casting. My God. One of my perfect. Such a nice guy.
0: One of my favorite scenes is when he's outside talking to the crew and he says, I'm going to go back in there and I'm going to give him my grandmother's recipe for like, and he goes in and and he does it. And I mean, he just nailed that role.
1: He did it. He did it. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. Now. That was a very it looked like physically grueling role for you. You were put like on top of a dresser, uh, <laughs> climbing up walls. How physically yeah. grueling was it for you?
1: Um, it was. I mean, like, uh, like it was definitely it was definitely grueling. Um, but I was so open to it because I came from theater school. So you're you're trained to you know obviously use your whole entire body for theater school. So what I felt was so exciting. Um, I'm very, like, I love being on stage. I love the physical aspect of it and of my training and to have kind of my, you know, my first major shot out the gate require more than just sitting at a, than just doing a date scene, I guess. No offense to those. Those are wonderful and dynamic in their own right. But like, to have the ability to use my whole body on camera was in, insane to have mm-hmm. that opportunity. But yeah, they, um, so in the call, in the callback, uh, they actually had me get exercised. <laughs> so I, I was sitting in a chair and I asked to lay on the ground and, and they were like, uh, okay. And there was an actor in there that was going to be the, you know, that was reading in and, and improvising as the priest. And we did a whole exorcism wow. on the ground. And it was so much fun and we all, you know, got so intense and then we all laughed so hard afterwards because we were in, you know, casting office above like Santa Monica Boulevard. It was great. And, uh, and then when we, when we got to set, I'd been researching. So, so they gave me Nell's like red oxblood, red Doc Martens Mm -hmm. beforehand to break them in. And I'd been doing research and it said that like, you know, people that are possessed, their body becomes like a battleground for the demon. It's almost like a, a puppet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I wonder what that would look like physically. So I put on these Doc Martens and they were so heavy. It allowed me to move in like all these different weird directions. And I was like, oh, I think I can do this backbend. So the night before the exorcism scene, we were like staying at like a, a, a Marriott or, you know, an extended stay hotel <laughs> I'm down by the cookies with Daniel. And he's like, are you ready for tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, I, I am. Oh, I like, he's like, do you have any, like, what are your thoughts? I was like, I don't know. I, I was like, I can do this backbend maybe. And I do the backbend and he's like, do that. You stay right there. We will change some things. Can you do that tomorrow? I was like, yes, 100%. And I had no idea it would kind of become a a, a pivotal moment of the scene and let alone the poster. Um, but I I'm, have always been like hyperextended and double jointed. And uh, they were totally open to incorporating that as, oh, as of part of
0: it's an asset. Of yeah.
1: The day. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely
0: an yeah. asset. And those Doc Martens were a pretty oh. significant part of the movie because they were not yours. There were nope. the uh, yes. producer, the woman yes. played the producer, and she gave yes. them to you. And you never took them off.
1: Never. No, no. These were this, like, I think I was like, I was like, they've been everywhere. They were like this forbidden treat that had seen the world that I hadn't seen yet, you know? And they just were like the first taste of.
0: Did they let you keep
1: them? No, no. Oh, that sucks. Oh, I know, but they kept them for, for like, a reshoot or something like that.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. What would you say was some of the emotional and psychological challenges you had in playing now?
1: Um, I think just, um... I think there's, you know, um... Sometimes if if there would be, like, a, a... a back to back day of a, of a hysterical scene, you know, when, Mm -hmm. when you kind of gone the distance one day and, and then the next day you, you need to do a scene that tops that or (laughs) hit that same emotional fervor. Um, you just need to find a way to go deeper and, and pull some, pull something else up that works on the day now you know
0: you know shooting such a you know a dark movie would you know when that day's shooting would wrap would you guys and the rest of the cast or crew get together to lighten the mood to keep things light yeah. what would be done on set or offset to keep the mood light so everybody doesn't get too basically burnt out on doing such a dark film
1: Totally. I mean, I have to give, like, that's where, you know, the the whole producing team um, of Strike Entertainment, which has now since disbanded, but that's like uh, Eric Newman, Mark Abraham, Brie Neumann, they would do dinners at the end of every week. And um, the, the whole cast and crew would be invited to come join. I celebrated a birthday over filming. I mean, they really, they really took care of all of us to really bond as a family, you know? Um, and it was, it was just so cool to be a part of an environment like that and to see a set run that way. Um, it was major, you know, major goals to be like, Oh, wow. Look, look at this family that's created. It's, it's really beautiful. Um, but yeah. and, And then like after the exorcism scenes, like it was so sweet. They, when I came back to the hotel, um, Patty, the line producer had, you know, with, with the Daniel and the executive producers, they'd got me like a couple bags of like lavender Epsom salts to soak in. And, and they, everybody, you know, they, it was that a, it was, so a nice. movie. it was a movie. So they treated, they treated me really nice. Yeah. It was lovely. Yeah.
0: No, now, um, you know, you did a lot of research, uh, for the last exorcism and how to get yeah. into the character of Nell is that something that you continued on after the last exorcism for every character that came afterwards for you?
1: Yes. Yeah. I, I, Um. I, it's my training. I, I you know, I, I did study. Yes. I studied improv, but I, I also studied, a, um, like my primary acting training was, was at the Strasbourg Institute, which is, you know, a, a method training. Like, no, I do not stay in character. Honestly, at the end of the day, if, I kind of am like, my goal is to, you know, just nail the scene to the best I can. And then if I've done that, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get a pizza. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> like, let me laugh. You know, there's always that feeling. If you don't hit it, how you want to hit it, you know, you are agitated at the end of the yeah. scene, you know, the day. Cause you're like, damn it. Um, but, um, I'm always so happy when those big emotional kind of, scenes, um, happen and and get out, you know what I mean? And Um, they go the
0: way you want them to.
1: And they, and they go the way everybody's, I want them to, the director wants them to, you know, um, but yeah, I just, if I have the space to do it, um, I love preparing. I mean, but even, even, you know, if, if you have a quick preparation time, there's a way to do, to do research that just, it's just something I don't go fully into car- character on set, but doing the research is just what allows me to feel comfortable going on set and secure in knowing I'm gonna, I'm gonna, ha- I'm, I'm gonna have done everything I could to prepare for the role and to just feel like I've earned my seat on set. Do you just, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. Put it all yeah. out there. Let it lay it all out on the table. Give it the, the best that you've got. Uh, How long did shooting take for the movie from start to finish?
1: I think it took a full month. Like a Uh, full month, almost like a month and a half-ish.
0: Like like a
1: month and a hair. Like, yeah, we were there for like four full weeks. Yeah.
0: Now, you and Patrick are the two main stars of the film. Yeah. You know, and being in almost every scene, and Patrick being in almost every scene, was that just like a brand new experience for you?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't have, (laughs) I didn't have much to compare it to, (laughs) sadly to say. Um, so, um...
0: Was it what you thought it would be? Was it like, wow, this is a lot harder than I thought it would be to be, you know, the co-star and to be in almost every scene? Uh, Was it, did it live up to your expectations? Was it a lot harder than you thought it would be?
1: It, yeah, it it beyond exceeded my expectations. And honest to God, I mean, like, just to go back to the, the theater training I had and even like being in L.A. and doing doing kind of plays back to back to back just you know to to work mm-hmm. before this it um it just felt great you know mm-hmm. um i felt like i mean the the role was so much fun to play um and then to just kind of escape into and there was always like some new obstacle to Go through on on set. Um,
0: so you found yourself, you know, the movie was pushing your limits, your your creative, uh, I guess, talents, and yeah. in and pushing you into new directions.
1: Oh, totally, yeah, totally. Because I mean, you know, also it was very clear; like every scene had a clear objective, where mm-hmm. some some horrible thing was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Or somebody was going to be, you know, played or manipulated or, mm-hmm. you know, the demon was going to do something. And it was so much fun to kind of be in on that. And all of, you know, the way Daniel did it, and I'm working with actors like Lewis Hurtham, you know, who's mm-hmm. since blown up on Westworld and like Caleb Landry Jones, who's just has incredible career, Patrick, you know. So, uh, Iris Barr, um, yeah. The producer, you know, who uh, played the producer role, so to be there and to have all of us and to just kind of Daniel very much said it like, like, um, like okay, this is this is the play, this is like the soccer field, like who's against each other, go for it, you know, and that mm-hmm. was very crystal clear our purpose in every moment, and to kind of have that that direction was just was just life saving, so- you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, to- I totally get it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Now shooting is done. Now take us to the premiere. Do you remember? Did you first watch the finished product at the premiere of the film? Did you get a peek before it? What did you? You know, when did you first see the finished product?
1: Um, I, the first time I saw the finished product was it had a premiere at the uh, Ford Amphitheater, which in LA it's this big outdoor. Amphitheater, mm-hmm. and it was during the LA Film Festival, and um, it was under like the night sky, and that's the first time I saw it, and I, honest to God, I scared myself because it had been like a year, and I was like, this is terrifying. So, um, so watching I, it, watching yeah, it, uh-huh. uh,
0: <laughs> did you, you know? were you critical of yourself or did you like, you know, I really nailed this. I'm proud of this. I'm proud of the work I did. What were your feelings?
1: Yeah. That was my first experience, like majorly watching something of mine, you know, everything up to that had been like a Tyco commercial or like, <laughs> um, a, 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 co-star, you know, so this was, and yeah, I, I watched just, you know, because you, you, it's, this is not a reflection of, of the film. This is just like, an, for me, watching myself, you know, mm-hmm. you you do so much on set, and that's where your job ends, and you hand over every day everything you've got mm-hmm. to the vision of the film, you know, as well as does every single person on that set doing their job. Like, it's a miracle to make a movie when you think of it, and mm-hmm. everybody's doing their job 100%, and your job is to just hand it over. You know, deliver it and and hand it over. So to see it then assembled, you're like, whoa, that's what they did. And and yeah, there was definitely that first time watching it, um, a self conscious element to it because it was just such a different world on set. You know what I mean? But I, I've gotten better. But to this day, I still like in the in early screenings of films, I will like hide. I will hide behind my, my – I literally look like I'm watching a horror movie because, um, you know, you're always – You're nervous. You're nervous. You're yeah. so nervous. You're in your head. It's different than what you – the experience you were going through. And it should be. That's that's the medium. You know exactly. what I mean?
0: yeah. And um, I- yeah, I mean, I've spoken to a lot of filmmakers, actors, and whatnot, and when they go watch a film, a film that they were involved in in the theaters, I hear yeah. them, they're trying to gauge the audience's reaction. Did you find yourself doing that?
1: Um, Like, so this was what was so cool, again, with the whole, like, it, you know, Lionsgate, once they picked it up, and then the whole producing team that was on it for the the opening night, like, they arranged literally every a lot of, well, most of us were in Los Angeles. They literally arranged for a, a car to come and for us all to pack in and movie hop and surprise people outside of the theater. That is
0: such and, a cool idea.
1: Isn't that like Lionsgate? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, everybody was in there. All the producers that you know were in town. Eli Roth was there himself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Going. Um, and we would we would movie hop, and it was so much fun to watch to be a part of that like collective experience of spying on an audience <laughs> seeing if they get scared seeing when their shoulders jump seeing hearing the laughter hearing people you know scream things at the 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 screen yeah. and i was like wow what a great like like all of my firsts you know to have that be a first was just such a great experience to be a part of.
0: Exactly. You Get know? in there with the fans, watch it with exactly. them, engage their reaction. So exactly. 100%. when did you, uh, yeah. you and the rest know that, oh man, we got a hit here. Was it right after that opening weekend when it, you know, was like what, number one, number two?
1: Yeah. It was after Thursday night and Friday night, like around Friday night, it was already at number one. And they were, they were really like, you know, around like midnight, one o'clock. They were really like, dear, you know, dear God, (laughs) we have a hit.
0: We have a hit. We have a hit. So uh, did you know before it came out that there was going to be a sequel or afterwards, when did that come into play?
1: No, not at all. It was very much, um, I mean, you know, I never, they might've had ideas that they had kept under wraps. Um, but it was after it came out, about a year and a half, they began to talk about it, that I, conversations that I were privy to. Mm-hmm. and And that was the rise of YouTube, and like more, you know, found, like this film came out, in context to anybody listening in and watching, like this came out right after Paranormal One came out. And yes, Blair Witch had been out. Yeah,
0: well, but, Blair Witch came out in the '90s. Yeah.
1: Yeah, in the '90s. Yeah, um, but you were really getting this like steady roll of this found footage uh, film making, mm-hmm. and these these devices. Um, and so when like YouTube was happening, and le- leakings of things were happening, when they found the device to leak the first film as a YouTube leak while Nell was in you know a mm-hmm. uh, mental rehabilitation <laughs> um, poor thing um I was like wow that it's a great story it makes complete sense um wow I want to play this character again the first one was I mean God what a, I mean what a dream what yeah. a dream So yeah, it, it evolved, you know, like, again, the team involved is so smart. They wouldn't have entered into it if they didn't think they had a story to substantiate it.
0: Exactly. And, um,
1: yeah, they were able to do it.
0: Did you yeah. approach uh, Nell in the sequel differently than in the original?
1: Um. Yes. Yes, differently. Yes, because she got older. Um, And she was more on the rebound, she was more on the rebound of this love. Um, No, I'm joking. Um, She was (laughs) trying to see where I was at. She was, yeah, she was on the, she, things weren't, things were happening around her, things that were hauntings, things Mm -hmm. weren't necessarily possessing her. It was like looking to get in and that was a very different approach than yeah. kind of blacking out and waking up and and seeing this havoc. Yeah. You know, um yeah, so there was a different and uh the, yeah, the the script had different, you know, it just had different requirements for this leak and this and she was also trying to live. It was also so important for the for that character to like date and to try to be normal, you know, and try to she was, you know, in the teenage years, so two years is mega. Yeah. So, but especially for her, who has Trying never to have told-
0: relationships, too.
1: Yes, yes. So, like, to never have, like, worn makeup or heard music. Like, you know, those were all seismic activities for her. And that's so much fun to play. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you feel like your improv training has helped you in your entire acting career?
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100% because it teaches you how to, how to listen, you know, um, acting is reacting. And then on top of things, you know, if you go off script, if, when you're, when there's space for that on set and when it's appropriate to do that. And, you know, I'm not saying go off script willy nilly, but when, yeah. when it's time to do that, you have the characters in an inner monologue going on inside your head. So it's, it's helpful to, if you're improvising to lift out of that and go to, go to what the character would be saying and speaking.
0: Exactly. You know, and yeah.
1: feel feel comfortable with that. Yeah. Now, um, playing mm-hmm.
0: somebody who is demonically possessed. Did you use any past films like The Exorcist as inspiration, like maybe Linda Blair's character, or any other characters to see to try to hit? Something that they did into your character.
1: Yeah, the the funniest thing uh, when I was again when Daniel Stam was when we were talking and, and preparing, he was like, he's like, I want you to look at all the exorcism movies and then don't do that. it's <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw uh, the film that I that was really creepy to me was Possession.
0: Oh yeah, with yeah uh, with yes. uh, J D Morgan, right. Yes, You know they're coming out with a part two?
1: That's what I saw recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, incredible. That film was so scary.
0: It was? Um,
1: Yeah, yeah. And what makes it Um,
0: scary is the concept with the box. It's sort of loosely based off a real-life story, which even makes it even more scary.
1: That's right. That's right. Yes. Well, yeah, and back to that real story, like Daniel more pushed me in the direction of yes, reading accounts of exorcisms and, and seeing what, you know, um, really creepy things would happen. Um, but also to really find any excuse to have what's happening to Nell be real, you know, whether it's mental illness or a, a a psychotic break, um, a form of schizophrenia, a form of Of a a, a character, you know, a a personality break out of the grief of her mother passing, you know, to um, have any of those other things be what could be pointed to by uh, Patrick Fabian's character Cotton as no, it's this, no, it's this, no, it's this until it until I was literally giving birth to a demon baby engulfed in flames, and it was not that anymore. (laughs) You know,
0: in a lot of films, the ending can either make or break the movie. The Last Exorcism was a great movie, and then when you got to the ending, it made it that much better. Because the ending did not disappoint, where you find out that that pastor is this head of this satanic cult that is welcoming this demon baby into the world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when, when your impressions when you first read that, you were like, "Were you like, whoa, this is this is wild, this is good, this is new." Uh, what did you think of that ending and that particular part of the ending?
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, they. Um, I know at the time they were trying out several alternate endings. And that was one of them, and they equally were all innovative, and um. Yeah, I was very much like, I don't know, I just was so gung ho. I was like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> that one hundred percent makes sense, and and also just knowing, you know, knowing Rosemary's Baby, I was like, that makes total logic. That, that makes complete and total logic. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> now, now moving like, forward that in your. That- the- It does make logic and that ending I'm sure I'm so glad they picked that ending if they had some if they had others in mind I'm glad they went with that one. Now moving forward in your career uh, is your ambitions to stay in front of the camera do you have any ambition to do any work behind the camera. What are you thinking.
1: Yeah, very much. I mean, I you know, what was so exciting about, again, about Nell, and I know I've just kind of nonstop raved, that it really was that kind of a dream experience mm-hmm. as I've, I've gone on about, but it allowed me to play a, a character role, you know, to enter even into horror and into acting as, as a character. So what led on, you know, from that was other, like, character-based, yes, genre movies and also, you know, comedies and romance films, like something that could have me you know, yes, be an ingenue or, or a lead in it, but give it a little bit of pepper, give it like Mm -hmm. a little bit of a wrinkle in it, which was so much fun. Um, I, I went, you know, after that I did go back to New York to do Machenal on Broadway. Mm -hmm. That was an incredible experience. Um, that was kind of a break from genre. And when I came back, I did Mickey Keating's film, Carnage Park.
0: which was like
1: a, a return to genre that I hadn't done in a while. Again, like Mickey's Mickey and I have done, you know, two films together. He was an incredible director to work with. But yes, you know, through this all, um, about, well, right when I was in Broadway, uh, when I was on Broadway, I launched an Indiegogo campaign to fundraise for a documentary I was directing and that has since come out. It's called Love and Bananas, an elephant story. It's a documentary about um, the rescue of a seventy-year-old, partially blind Asian elephant and her journey five hundred miles across Thailand to freedom at an elephant sanctuary. And I directed, wrote, produced, and um, you know produced with a team, and uh, and was the and was the host to be the catalyst for the audience into this world. And I mean, talk about improv training! I everything I learned from the groundlings I was doing on, on, um, on, on documentary set, um, in, in in real life, I guess. I don't think there are sets for documentaries, (laughs) but, um, because it all required listening and I would hear stories that would be told to me that I was allowed to, you know, bring up again on camera and listening and responding and having, being that person for whoever I was interviewing to play off of and, to kind of lead them to a story they've told me in the past, but to capture on camera was,
0: yeah.
1: was everything. Um, and also just, it's so hard for, you know, I have a, I had a plan of what I wanted the film to look like. Sure. I had a plan of what I wanted the day to look like. And then everything gets thrown out the window for a documentary. So
0: you gotta be to be very to, flexible,
1: to be able to stop and like, listen to what the, you know, what, the elef- what story the elephants want to tell me, which would be very direct, or like just honestly which way the air was going, if it was dangerous, yeah. if it was safe, if there was literally a monsoon happening. So um, It sounds so, like yeah. a great
0: experience. Uh, we're almost Obviously. out of time. Yes, but yes, I, yes. I wanna ask you, you know, now that it looks like we're, we're gonna have to learn to live with COVID for a while, uh, longer at least, and Hollywood is changing very rapidly. They're in a state of flux, trying to refine their footing. What is the environment out in LA right now in regards to, you know, acting and auditions? Uh are things really down? Are they up? What's the state of play out there?
1: Um, I mean I'm I'm not gonna lie, it's it's rough. It's it's not as rough as working frontline in a hospital. Yeah you know, um, being a first responder. Um, I honestly have to say I'm very grateful for the profession I'm in because it is the creative profession and every actor has anybody in this world. If if you have a fingerprint, you have your own individuality and that means you have your own story to tell. And you know, all my life, you know, being in Groundlings, being in, in school, and since I've always, I've always written. So to be able in COVID, yes, I had to shift gears from, sure, not not being able to participate on camera as much, you know, and, and yes, for a period of time, auditions were sparse, mm-hmm. but to be able to turn in and be like, okay, what are the stories I'm too scared to tell, or to just talk to fellow filmmakers and be like, where are you at? God, I want to make something. Let's make, what art do you want to make? You know, where were we drifting before COVID thinking, oh, we have to be, we have to do X, Y, and Z to accomplish, you know, to jump through X, Y, and Z hoops in our ideal career. Yeah, it's
0: pushing innovation now.
1: What story do you want to tell? How, you know, back to indie filmmaking, which yes, there's a huge divide between, you know, mega movie sets, but also there is a way to, you know, are you really in it for the craft of things? Are you really in it for storytelling? Are you really in it to be pushed to the limits as an actress or a writer, you know, or if you're not there yet, who can you talk to or what maybe workshop or class can you take to dig deeper in yourself to go like, okay, things are quiet. How can I, you know, yes, it's difficult, but like look within and maybe unlock something that could help me get to that, that next role or, or yeah. give truth to that next character, I'll have the opportunity to play. So.
0: That's beautifully said. I mean, that's, be- uh, that's perfect. That, that, in my yeah. opinion, that hits the nail right on the head. Yeah. Cool. Uh, cool. Ashley, cool. man, this hour flew by. This oh, has I been did. a fascinating yeah. conversation. You're a wonderful person. This has been a wonderful uh, conversation, you know, chat. Yeah. Uh, looking back, uh, I'm going to give you a really easy question. Was the last exorcism the biggest break in your career, would you say? Oh, totally.
1: Yeah. 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 Totally. <laughs> and there, I mean, there have been like broad Broadway was right after that. I'd have to say, cause
0: yeah. it's
1: Broadway, you know, exactly. it's
0: like, exactly. yeah,
1: um, it's dream, dream level. Um, yes. And that just opened the door to be it was such a validation, getting that role. And then, you know, you can never predict getting recognized, you no. know. And then when that happened, wow, what an honor. What a what a what just an affirmation to just say keep going.
0: Yeah. You know. And tonight, um, I am going to watch Witchcraft.
1: Yes, I'm enjoy. Not kidding.
0: I'm going to watch enjoy. Witchcraft. I want to thank yeah, Ashley yeah. Bell for being our guest. It's been a fascinating chat an hour. I want to thank all of our viewers for tuning in live and archive so when fun. you guys watch this later on. Any final thoughts you want to share?
1: Uh, don't stop creating, <laughs>
0: Exactly. no matter what the obstacles, it, you no know, COVID pushes take innovation.
1: A, take us, take a step sideways if you have to, but, but don't, don't give up. You, you, everybody has a story in them. So yeah. Thank, thank you for having me. It's always, I mean, to be so many years out from this film and to still be asked about it, it means always the world. So I'm, I'm very happy to come tonight and and very happy exactly. to share about Witch Hunt. What what perfect timing. So exactly. thank you. Exactly.
0: It's been our pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you to Ashley. Thank you to you guys. Until Have a great weekend. Until yeah. next week, stay safe and stay walking. Good night.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Good night.